Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast, episode number 34. The subtitle to be confirmed once we've had a little chat here. I'm sure that something will crop up, something about yogurt, like it was two weeks ago. Apologies for the uh, week <laughs> in break. The last minute. <laughs> Apologies for the week break. I was on holiday in Poland. Other people were busy. You know how it is. Um, so Mike, no one wanted to talk. No one wants to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, James did try and organise a podcast <laughs> several <laughs> times, which which uh, failed. But we're here now. Me and James, the two man booth. It turns out that Survivor Series wasn't too keenly talked about in the group. So. Um, we move on with episode 34, and we'll start off with the call-up sheet. <laughs> okay, here we go. Right. First up, we have Crewhead83. Just a head-banging bass and lead player, horror movie fan from Earlville, New York. So crew head, I'm, I'm assuming that that's in terms of Motley Crew. Okay, that's not what I'd gone with, but <laughs> I, I had him as a big Three Life Crew fan. <laughs> and sort of the, um, so he's he's born in the 80s and he's sort of modelled, he's modelling himself on all the members of Three Life Crew, like a little bit of, was it Conan, Road Dog, and K Quick? Was that? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not their actual names at the time, but so he's got the best of all of them. So he's got Road Dog's DX football jersey, uh, K Quick's comedic timing, and uh, Conan's love for this podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's that's, that's his gimmick. <laughs> Coming to the assignment near you. Um, <laughs> so I also had to had the idea of potentially Crew Head eighty three. Just being um, a cosplay between Dolph Ziggler and Tony Storm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how that would look, but the, but, but the hair would be but, but the hair would be fantastic. And it'd be Mike Knight's favourite rock chick. <laughs> yes, she's a real <laughs> rock and roller. Um, okay, next up. Simply put, it's Pauli, as in Saint Pauli. Um, there's not too much to, to, to say about his profile, other than it just says wrestling and wrestling. Okay, so um, correct me if I'm wrong. Pauli, St. Pauli, are they they're a Swiss team? They're German. They're like very much a, a kind of like socialist football team, like kind okay. of woke liberals. So they're the Dulwich Hamlet of the uh, German yeah. league. Yeah. Okay, so he's basically, I guess, going to join uh, Ring Camp. He says, doing ring camp. Yep, nice. Wrestling and wrestling. That's really his argument. So sacred, they named it twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, the brilliantly named Smash and Slam, who is a collector of figures and, fun- and Funko Pops and is a wrestling fan with the key word of wrestling. <laughs> um, <laughs> Smash and Slam. Uh, have you got anything for this one, mate? Um, well, Smash obviously was part of Demolition. Yeah. 
So perhaps he could be like the demo disc version of Demolition. <laughs> demo disc version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like a good, uh, it sounds like something that would be a tag team on NXT 2.0 from what I've heard about it. <laughs> NXT 2.0 is a lot of fun, mate. Yeah. I think Smash and Slam, I've seen that like, they basically got a tag team, which is like the Beer City Bruiser and Silas Young, haven't they? And they're knocking around. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like Slash and Sam, Slash and Sam, Slash and Slam, Slash, not Ecuador, <laughs> Slash and Slam are even more sort of old school than the Beer City Bruiser have been NXT 2.0. And they literally will just do smashes and slams. Yeah. Axe they are the, the basic of basic uh, tag team. I think Vince would love them. Sounds uh, like I would love them. Yeah, you'd love him. <laughs> Basically, like Bron Breaker in a tag team. Like. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Next up, we've got Hawaii Gino or Geno. Apologizing if it's pronounced wrong. It's basically Hawaii J E N O. Hawaii Geno. Yeah. So um, she is a retired burlesque performer and belly dancer, and she's never successfully folded a fitted sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's changed everything. Uh, <laughs> so it's coming out to the ring to Gino by Lexi's Minute Runners. Nice, yep. Yeah. It's got to be. Whilst um, belly dancing. Yeah, and, and failing to fold a sheet, obviously. That's got to be part of it. Um, <laughs> and also got the sort of, uh, oh, 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 hang on. Can she come out to like a mashup of Gino with the Wayne Mardell Hawaii 501 theme tune? With a big inflatable palm tree. Belly dancing with a big inflatable palm tree. And then her finisher is the fitted sheet. <laughs> but she never quite executes it correctly and always loses. I love that. Um, I've got a down as just... Um... Kona crushes ballet. <laughs> <laughs> From Hawaii. Okay, and last and not least, let's go with main event Chris, who also goes by the name of Big Hero Chris. Okay, so main event Chris, Big Hero Chris, I think is the old account of Chris Hero. Yeah, that makes sense. And depending if he's in wrestling on like NXT WE, he's the only match jobber. <laughs> yeah. If he's on the Indies, he is main event Chris. Yeah. Just and he has to wear where we're booking, yeah. So if, yeah, and, and if he's on the Indies, he doesn't have to wear a, a vest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, singlets only for Vince. <laughs> So there is the call-up sheet. Um, we'll give a shout-out to everyone who got their shout-out by DM when the podcast is released. Thanks for entering, everyone. And um, we'll see you again next week for the call-up sheet. Without any further ado, should we crack into what the nerds are watching? Yes. Play that jingle to feel. I've been watching you. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, 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 long. Come on. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, long, long. So, Jay, well, we leave, we leave the time for it to play. We don't like <laughs> just leave a couple of seconds. We actually wait. Right, carry it in. I'm hearing it. Right, we can come in now. <laughs> so, 
I've been on holiday, so I've not really seen much apart from Raw, which was last night for me. James, you've been to a live show, Rev Pro, and you've also seen quite a bit of AEW. What did you want to chat about first? You've seen a bit of AEW, haven't you? I've just seen the promo between Punk and MGF, yeah. Yeah, well, let's let's start there. Like, it's nice to come on, actually having I mean, watched some, like, quite a lot of stuff, which is good because I'm sort of getting some enthusiasm back. Signed up for the AEW Fight Pass. It's like $4.99 a month. Yeah, very good value, isn't it? I thought it was a week, and, I was, and I'd was signed up for it thinking it was a week and thought that was all right because I was getting annoyed with my TV. Uh, waiting like two days, but for another month is ridiculously good value. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I'm trying to think when the last podcast was just after Full Gear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was our Full Gear bumper review. Yeah. So it's been sort of two weeks. So I mean, there's a few things going on. Uh, obviously, like this week, the the big talking point was the Punk and Jeff interaction. Punk just coming out and disrespecting him. I guess. This is Rampage, baby. They sort of sprinkled a few seeds the, the week the week after the day after or show after full gear um, when Punk sort of disrespect well came out interrupted and didn't really speak to MJF. Uh, yeah, what did you think of the promo? Yeah, mate, I really enjoyed it. It was um, it was one of those things that people have been clamoring for, um, and I love the fact, like you say, that last that the previous week. CM Punk came out to tell, like, do the promo clash and they didn't give it to us and they just whetted our appetite for it. And also, which they mentioned in the promo itself, Punk just purposely didn't speak to him because he, because all that does is feed MGFC ego about these sorts of things. So it was pretty perfect that um, they did that, I think. In terms of the battle, I think both came off like how you wanted them to, to come off. MJF came across as the brash new kid on the block that feels that Punk's taken his spot and is wasting everyone's time. And Punk came across as the kind of old head that knows what, like, like knows MJF's game because he was there 20 years ago as a gobby shite. So yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Quite interesting that to me, like when stuff was mentioned about the AEW kind of, path stuff the crowd didn't react that much and then as soon as they mentioned wwe stuff the crowd reacted in a far kind of more excited shocked way which is something that is going to be an issue i think if they carry on doing that sort of stuff that it kind of just highlights how more mainstream wwe is than AEW a little bit still but other than that i thought it was amazing yeah so i really enjoyed it i yeah i really do i like i, I love after quite a few times, I say yeah. Some of the WWE shots were good. Uh, I thought the you look, your straight edge, you look like a meth addict, was pretty funny. It was a fun made me laugh. Uh, yeah, saying so, they had some story with it as well. With um, yeah, we were talking about the fact. Oh, you haven't acknowledged me the whole time you've been here. You don't respect me, and that was the sort of the crux of this thing, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Who do you think came out on top? Well, they gave the F more time, but I think it's probably at the moment. I think Punk had some good lines in there. Like, yeah, I thought the best one was the only you get to be long enough for Tony to have a daughter you can marry. Oh, that was pretty good. 
and also the fact that like punk went a bit like Eminem in Eight Mile, when like yeah, we, what you're saying about me is true. These are my sort of problems I've had in in other places, and but yeah, I'm aware of that. Whereas MJF isn't aware of those sort of things amongst them about himself. Yeah, yeah. So there's the air of kind of arrogance, but it's actually delusion, which is pretty perfect for the MJF character. Do you see this ending on a pay per view, or do you see it ending on TV? I mean, was it like three months to the next pay per view? It's some way away, isn't it? I think they'll wrestle before then, possibly when they switch TV channels or when they have one. Of the, they have quite a lot of specials, don't they? Anyway, so yeah. And it's one of the things that's good about Vinny in that they have the same people in the main event every week. It's they have such a deep roster. It's quite rotated. So almost what I really enjoyed about XT when it was like an hour or two. <laughs> like, you wouldn't have to see the same people every week and it keeps people fresher. So, you know, I, I think they'll wrestle before the pay-per-view and I think MJF will win. And I think that's the right decision. Yeah, it's, like, it's going to be interesting to, to see where they go a bit. But yeah, it wasn't just MJF and Punk that were mentioned in that. Obviously, people that are outside the company. And as I said previously, those were the ones that got the big reactions, the Cena and the Miz comments and Triple H and, and what have you. But... What I did like about it as well was that it also painted a broader picture of AEW in terms of mentioning how MGF feels that Darby Allen is a low-rate worker and CM Punk went low by targeting him. CM Punk then mentioning how like you know he's the heart and soul of AEW and he gave him a great match and he only just beat him. Love that. And then he also mentioned, obviously, that MGF gets ahead through his connections with FTR and Spears and Wardlow which I'm sure will we'll, we'll play into the storyline moving forward and also reiterates to the uh, fan, you know, that, that that is what MGF does. Yeah, and, and exactly, yeah, he's the coward chicken shit. He's got back up, but he has delusions of grandeur about, amongst it, about himself, isn't he? And uh, he plays it very well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, if they didn't mention other companies at all, I'd think that this was like a bit of a jump on to try and get a reaction. But they do. Like, they mention the other companies that their wrestlers wrestle in, whether it's New Japan, Impact, Ring of Honor, and this yeah. is just another thing. And I thought it worked well, but I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Obviously, it is like a bit of like a cheap shot, but I don't think it came across that way. I think it came and like as if like we're using the, you guys to to bolster ourselves because I feel like that you don't need to do that at this stage. Like the fans there hate WWE. Obviously there is some crossover, but there's not, there's like, it is almost like football fandom. Like in you know, there's AEW fans, there's WWE fans and they know that the fans in that building are going to react yeah. to that. And, and there's a like reason a, we're going to mention WWE just to get a reaction. It's good. We know these people in this building hate WWE. So we're going to mention it a lot. I would not even mention it, but like we're gonna make a little references to it that work and that'll help build this program. I don't know. That's yeah. what I'd and it's also cheap heat in terms of they purposely picked wrestlers that they mentioned, the ones that are kind of Marmite wrestlers, you know. They didn't mention Brock Lesnar and people like that that hardcore fans kind of respect, right? They mentioned Cena, Triple H and Miz. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, did you see um or hear about the fact that 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 promo was then mentioned on Raw last night? I did see something on a social media thing, like Edge mentioned it, I think. Was it Edge? Yeah. Yeah, so Miz returned on Raw after his hiatus in um, Dancing with the Stars. And uh, 
Edge said the line of, you know, you've got this kind of inferiority complex that you keep on thinking that nobody cares about you when actually in reality, your name is mentioned on other TV shows for cheap heat. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. And then like, um, it, was, it was quite interesting actually because, you know, the promo here finished with MTF taking off his jacket and giving the impression that it was time to go in terms of fighting and then backing off. That's the exact same yeah. finish to the Edge and Miz one. So it was yeah. quite interesting because the previous Wednesday, MGF was called a less famous Miz. And then he like um, ran away from a fight. And then on the Monday after that, Miz returns and does the exact same thing, which is almost like WWE nodding to the fact that like, yeah, he is like, he's the same character, but he's less famous. Yeah. So yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, like, you know, that both companies have kind of nodded to it, but in their own separate ways where AEW actually say the name and WWE just allude to it and just know that everyone knows what it is talking about, you know? Yeah, because probably, but and I think the difference is all of AEW's audience will know about it because they're probably all lapsed WWE fans, whereas WWE will only allude to it because they know that, like, they'll think, oh, this will appease some people. I mean, 75% of people probably won't have a clue. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They don't know what it is. Yeah, certainly. Well, I might be higher percentage-wise, but, yeah, that's probably why they just allude to it and uh, trying to... And it's uh, ironic because they're not really... Uh, Renowned for subtle storytelling these days. <laughs> true, true. So the previous um, dynamite that we didn't speak about because we had a, a week off podcast wise, I was super, super happy to turn the TV on and watch live and see that um, they've gone with Hill Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson, sorry, um, to go. Hey. Oh. to go up against um, Adam Page. I absolutely loved what they did there. Um, I haven't seen the Colt match yet. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it later at some point. Um, but like the way that yeah. that uh, Danielson took, like, took his Hildum to new levels in AEW on the mic, and then not only on the mic, he also backed that up in the ring where he um, did the big knee finish and then refused to get the win by pinfall and uh, picked Bebo Uno back up and made him like tap out to that like horrendous submission that he does, which obviously shows the more like aggressive. The thing where he's like, holding his arms, just kicking him in the head. Yeah, yeah. So like showing off the more aggressive American Dragon, which you know is well, that's the American Dragon. That, like not that's not Daniel Bryan. That's Brian Danielson. That's yeah, yeah, the exactly, I remember, yeah. and it's so good. And it, and like yeah, because he obviously did some heel characters in WWE, but he was like I don't know. He's a heel because he's a conservationist, which isn't really a heel, or because he's a vegan, which isn't really a heel. Yeah. But like here, he's just being a fucking. Oh yeah. Well, it's in, I think Don mentioned it in the group chat, but like the beat of his song that even says, "You want to get your fucking head kicked in?" Yeah. And it's like that. Yeah. This is the guy. I swear. Like, I mean, and like seeing him wrestle Cabana, it took me back to like my early like well, when I was watching Ring of Honor religiously buying DVDs. I swear they had a feud. And like it was a sim, and it was similar with like face cabana and heel champion dragon. I think I might have it wrong, and it might have been someone else. But yeah, there's that that heel dragon run in ROH, and it's just he's just gone back to just yeah being a he's, he's just hard as fuck, isn't he? Yeah, just amazing shit out of you. <laughs> um, it's, I love it. <laughs> like I've um I've been an absolute stickler for 
heels versus faces in these situations and the idea of building up Paige for two years as, as the ultimate babyface and then his first matchup against babyface Brian Dunnison to me made no sense. So when they made the turn official the next night or the next Dynamite, I was super, super happy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, just he went pretty quickly. And and again, he's not gone like so far that you can't switch him back. He's just gone for, for this. Maybe I'm wrong because he has gone pretty hard <laughs> for this feud. And it's just but it's about wrestling he's not been like a massive well he has been a dick about it. he's like well I'm gonna beat all your mates first but that's sort of like you know you gotta earn your way but yeah mate well maybe he's been a massive dick about it he's like I'm gonna beat all your mates in their hometown every week <laughs> <laughs> just and I'm gonna kick their teeth out and I'm gonna stomp on their head so yeah maybe I'm wrong with that yeah but he's <laughs> I, I'm loving watching it and so I haven't it. seen the cult match um how uh how was it yeah it's fine like it's a it's well, it's a Danielson match, so it's got a high floor, and he kicked his teeth out. So, <laughs> what was so the... I'm, I'm not going to watch it again, or and probably ever th- and think about it in in a month's time. But I enjoyed it at the time, and it's just him and his hard persona being being like I'm too. He's too good for Colt Cabana. That's the end of the day, isn't it? That's the story. Yeah. What was the um, crowd reaction like for Colt as uh, the Chicago boy? I think I should be able to answer this better. I can't. <laughs> As I watched it, I, I, I didn't notice. Did the commentary team like allude to the punk relationship at all? Because it was. I'm going to say that I watched this match like at about midnight on the Thursday between oh, okay, okay. the NFL games after a few drinks. <laughs> okay. So I'm a little bit <laughs> dubious with a couple of the details. Fair, fair. Uh, the crowd um, and the commentary being, being two of them. Was there anything else on Dynamite that took your eye? I'm trying to think, over the two Dynamites, so there was obviously like Kenny, Kenny's taking time off. He came out and said he's going to take time off and said, I'm going to leave it to you guys, to you. And Adam Cole's like, yeah, I've got it. And then he's like, oh no, I meant the Bucks. So then, you know, just little seeds there. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah. What else happened? Some goobers, I don't know who they are, threw some coffee at Eddie Kingston's face. <laughs> okay. And Manny Garcia. Like, I, I literally didn't know who those blokes were. 2.0, I think they Oh, right, yeah, the old um, Ever-Rise on NXT. That's still right. I'm not even sure what that is. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, there was a little bit of, like, a Brit and Jamie dissension. Um, oh, right, okay. Brit cost Jamie the match against Thunder Rosa in the tournament, and, like, Jamie was pissed off. And on Rampage, when Brit's match, Jamie, like, came out with her and was just sort of like, mm, not really, like, just came out, like, about 15 seconds after, like, her and Rebel. And, like, they just, just little, little advances of stuff. It's just... It's just solid, isn't it? Without, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pulling the trigger on stuff straight away. I'm trying to think if I missed anything massive. Um, I probably have, but <laughs> oh, Bobby Fish won a match on Rampage with a top rope Falcon Arrow. That was awesome. Oh no way! Amazing against Wheeler. Well, it was him and Cole versus Wheeler Utah and Orange Cassidy. Oh, Wheeler Utah, the biggest jobber in AW. <laughs> yeah, I swear he came. He was at Tag League in a tag team called Violence Is Forever with. Someone to be able to K. They're really good. Like, was it called Old School Violence? <laughs> That's oh great, isn't it? Oh great. Oh, <laughs> oh great. <laughs> um, I say yeah, Rampage had like it was Garcia and Kingston was the main event. That was good. It's just a like, good solid wrestling with yeah, like I enjoyed my first week as a subscriber. Cool, man. Well, it's um obviously um rubbing off on you in terms of um your wrestling fandom because you 
It's found itself at a live show last week, right? Yeah, it was the first one since I think it was Carrot 2020 was just before lockdown in the beginning of March. Last time I went to a live show. When I fly, make you all drop. I'm gonna die from the rooftop. I am the last man standing tall. This is a revolution. What was the crew? Um, so it was it wasn't a big crew. It was um so obviously a Rev Pro running York Hall. I was like, guys, Rev Pro ran York Hall. He wants to come. And was like, oh, we hate Rev Pro, we like progress. <laughs> <laughs> Dom couldn't make it, he would have come, I think. But everyone else was like, no, not going, we'll wait for progress. I was like, okay. I think the the biggest problem with the selling point with when people suggest Rev Pro, it seems that people seem to just have a horrible time at that bar. Yeah, the bar wasn't so well, I've got I've got some bar stories we'll get to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I went with my friend from work. So yeah, he, he was up for coming and he's a wrestling fan, uh, more big more into like New Japan side of things, hasn't been to a British show for a while from sort of from back in the back in the day. There was quite a few uh, New Japan yeah, so guys we went, on this to, card, right? Yeah, there was. Um, not ones I knew. Uh, <laughs> <really>. <laughs> Yeah, so we went went to Dundee for a couple first, waited for the queue to go down, went in, queued up for a beer, not for too long. But then they had no pint glasses. Huh? Like, we got one pint glass, <laughs> and we were ordering, like, two beers because we were upstairs to save going down. I was like, what, so we've got, we've got to carry, like, four halves? And I was like, well, I'm going to run over to the other side of the bar and got, like, four pint glasses from them because, like, the other bar on the far side had glass. I was like, can I have some glasses? Your other side's run out. He's like, ooh, like, come on, mate. Oh, so, yeah, God. we did get glasses eventually. Um, yeah, so already problems with the bar, and the, their beer section is horrendous. Like, I think what was I had, it? Like, well, it's it was like it's like Budweiser, Hell's cans of Guinness or Copperberg. I think so I, I drank a couple of Budweisers, right. and then moved on to the Copperbergs, and we had a shot of rum in them. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> but um, the show was was good. So the first batch was a uh, like they, they did the York Hall special, opened up with Robbie X because you know he's going to do do a job. I've heard uh, that, um, called... that um, post-lockdown, Robbie X is looking very, very good. Yeah, he was good. Um, and there was a guy called Francesco Akira. I'm guessing he's from the, the LA dojo, because I don't know. Do you know him at all? I've never heard of him in my life. I've heard the name, but just because he was announced as part of the British Cup thing with, with Riff Row. Oh, was he in the J-Cup, was he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, he was really good. Uh, and uh, Him and Robbie X are a good opener, like... Yeah, it's a good set set of scene, fast paced opener you'd expect from from Robbie X and, and this lad who maybe from the New York jo- uh, LA Dojo, maybe Japanese. I I, yeah, it was, I couldn't tell. Um, <laughs> oh, at the start, I did. We walked in, it was like silence, and I and then halfway through, realizing they did a ten bell salute, I forgot they were doing like oh the Ryan smile. smile, yeah, yeah. So there's like there's like a big Chris Brooks video playing at the start, and all the wrestlers around the ring, and we were at the barbecue, and I was like, I don't know what's going on, and then. When they played the ten bell salute, I remembered, but yeah, so that was an error on our part. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Alex Windsor was his partner, right? I think it's his wife. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, she was on the show. She had a good match. Um, yeah, so then when we had our boys were on, uh, Chuck and TK. Lovely, yeah. They wrestled uh, Carl Fredericks, who I know, and this guy called Alex Coughlin, who is definitely from the LA Dojo. And he's got like, he was wearing like 
the Roddy Strong shitty little boots. He had a moustache, black trunks. He's brilliant. Yeah, I've I've but, never seen him wrestle, but he's definitely got me points in the fantasy pickums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what like what how, how like charisma wise, what if he's got that much at the moment. But as a wrestler, he was really good. And I was like, like TK Carl Fredrickson, Mambo were all good. But that match was really good fun. I think I took a photo when TK and Carl Fredericks were in the ring and sent it to Dom to put on the Instagram of just saying, this is a good looking ring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you obviously famously in our group do the uh, best looking Premier League manager quiz. Maybe that's one for the future. Yeah. Maybe a, a Brit rest one. Best looking Brit wrestler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested. <laughs> uh, yeah. I say, but it was interesting watching watching like my friend James like uh, watching the show because he hasn't seen any of these guys. I don't think Pop maybe or Spray, but and just seeing his reaction to him is he really liked Coughlin. Thought he was good. Uh, he really liked in the women's match. Debbie Kaitel had like her sort of uh, gimmick going. She wrestled Alex Windsor for the women's title. Yeah, another good match. Uh, Debbie Kaitel was really good work in the crowd as a heel. Then. Shockingly, my match tonight was the main event of the first half. Cruiserweight title, Mike Bailey and Michael Oku. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So good, though. Um, and again, like James just said, with like Oku, similar to like the sort of first thing we thought when we saw him when he coming out all those years ago. He just went, this guy's just got it before he'd even got in the ring. Yeah, yeah. He just sort of, he's just got that charisma, star power. And now, like, obviously, he's got two, three years for, well, I don't know how many years for everyone it is now because of all the time off, but... I say when we first saw him, it was his first ever match, and he still carried himself like that. And now he can back it up. And yeah, and, and then Mike Bailey, he he's sort of like the what I was saying on the last show about Pack. He's like the indie Pack. Like, I don't think you have a bad match with Mike Bailey. I think he's his uh, floor is so high for a match with anyone. Yeah, I'm I'm um, super happy for him. Did you see that he signed with Impact? Oh, Mike Bailey has. Yeah, um, it was at a one of the American. Uh, indies he fought against josh alexander and scott damore came out and uh mike bailey signed the contract on josh alexander's back <laughs> yeah nice he's so good like he's i don't think i've ever seen him have like a non non good really good match not like a not bad match he's and i say oku is obviously like a, we're big fans yeah but um he's also very good now as well like and yeah, that was that was really good, really good match. Do you think there's any danger there go, that, right? he, um, that he could be heading to Japan anytime soon, Oku? Um, I don't know. I haven't been following Japan enough. Have like Aussie Open gone to Japan? I think they showed up at one of the American shows. I think I might be wrong, but they're in the United Empire now. Yeah. So I wonder if they. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he could go. It'll be pretty awesome for him, obviously. I mean, I mean, I mean you, you say specifically New Japan or like anywhere? I'm assuming New Japan because obviously they've got the tie with New Japan, haven't they? Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Like I know that they're currently doing the Super J Cup at the moment, aren't they? Or something like that. Imagine him in, in that tournament next year or something. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, there was something we picked, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you've got the likes of Eagles and ELP yeah, I mean... that did the same kind of route. Yeah, well, he'd be the first one coming straight from Britain since, I guess, since us, right? Because obviously, like, Eagles and yeah, ELP yeah, have come yeah. 
other way. I was, I was just ELP made his name over here a bit more, I think. So yeah, he'd be similar, a similar um, comparison. So yeah. Yeah, that way. Well, I hope he does make it over there if that's what he wants to do. So I do wish him all the success. Generally, yeah, like a nice local person, in my opinion. But And then what was the second half? So they, they started out with like a, there was, it was a, another like New Japan guy I'd never heard of called Yotsutsuji. Yeah. It was pretty good. Wrestling Gideon Gray, which is always amazing. This was the match where if he lost, he had to join the Legion, right? Yeah, and if Gray lost the Legion, disbanded. And then the other bloke in the Legion, who I don't know who he was, kept trying to get involved. And like Gideon Gray was like, get out, get out. And eventually he got sent to the back. And then Gideon Gray, I'm pretty sure he won cleanly, maybe with like a roll up or something, but like it wasn't any interference or anything. Okay. And uh, yeah, but Gideon Gray is always, always entertaining. I, I always enjoy his, his matches. Did you let Rev Tyrone know uh, that you saw him? Yeah, definitely. Straight away. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, he nearly came with me because I was out for a beer with him before, but he, he, he didn't come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, uh, the night, the night brother, the night father and son, I can't know, I don't know how they're related, but Ricky Knight Jr. and Roy Knight wrestled Aussie Open for the tag titles. There was like a disqualification and the refs came out and were like, no, he hit him first. So they made it a no DQ match and the Knights won. It was fine. And then the main event was Osprey and Shota Umino for the title. And at this point, we'd had a few drinks. Right. But um, I was just, I just found the, it was interested in the sort of reaction when Osprey was going to get, which is the first time I've seen him since all the things came out. Yeah. Uh, not things he'd done, but the way he'd reacted and defended people. And I said, I don't want to, go into that now people know what we're talking about and it was sort of mixed i think he's playing heel so i don't know whether like obviously i haven't watched red pro for two years since it was last on live so i'm guessing that's something they've done deliberately um i didn't see people leaving when his match was on but i'm guessing people just wouldn't come at this point i'd say in the ring it's will osprey's will osprey yeah. apparently he headbutted someone which i didn't see but <laughs> like like in the uh, ground, some fan stars. I mean, he had but oh wow, did you hear that? I heard nothing about that. No, no, no. I think I saw it on Twitter that um, that a fan like started. I mean, he headbutted him in, wow. in the ground, in the ground during the match. I said, I didn't see it at the time. It's maybe complete bullshit. <laughs> that sounds like something that would. I've got. Because I went on, I just thought oh, I'd have a look on Twitter to see what people were saying about Will Ospreay, cause just based on what I'd seen. But um, I'm sure that someone said he headbutted someone in the, in the crowd. But yeah, and then afterward, like he won. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So also, me and Mike went to a live show the same week as you as well. We went to the NXT UK taping. Oh yeah. Which was a lot of fun. How's that? Um, it's quite a strange environment that they do the filming. You're in the BT Sports Studio and it's very COVID regulatory heavy. So like one meter between each seat, you can't go out your seat. Uh, there's only about 45 people, I'd say, at the show. You weren't allowed food or drink. So yeah, it was like a four and a half hour taping without like booze. 
so it's quite sanitized uh but the wrestling <laughs> itself absolutely brilliant just really really solid highlights for me were undoubtedly um noam dar and shah samuels are an absolute treasure as like a pair just funny fuckers they're tagged yeah so they're sort of like bezer mates yeah um shah samuels was on the outside for noam dar's heritage cup match he's currently the, Her- the heritage cup champion and he was up against a kid in a heritage cup match and shah samuels was on the outside for noam and shah samuels was dressed in a feeler tracksuit. he had a flat cap on he had the racing post in his back pocket <laughs> and he had a betting pen uh, like on his ear <laughs> and just he was so funny on the outside just screaming throughout the whole time being like like telling noam how many seconds were left on the clock like little <laughs> ropes that he could be doing to like cheat um he did this one um spot as well where he got hit off the side of the apron and rammed himself into the ring post and like wrapped himself around it in like a chuckle brothers type fashion it was brilliant like those two were just entertaining as hell we were treated to a Volta match at the end. So we got Volta against Carter, the guy that was um, Nathan Fraser, that was Ben Carter. Oh, he was on that AEW show okay. a few months back. That was really, really good. I've never seen it. I've heard of him. I've never seen him at all. So he's basically like um, their version of Osprey, basically. does He like does all the Osprey stuff. Yeah. That was really good. Throughout the whole taping, the storyline that went across all four tapings was Gallus against the family which is Lucky Kid, Rohit Raja and Regal's son so we got to see a lot of Regal's son and he was awesome and the Gallus boys brought a four hour no drink show of Gallus oh mate honestly like (laughs) Gallus were brilliant They, they were honestly brilliant they brought like such intensity there was a Joe Coffey match against Regal's son, one-on-one, which was arguably the match of the night. We sadly saw an injury in the very first match. Um, the very first match was Dragunov versus Rampage, which was going along uh, swimmingly, hard-hitting as hell. And uh, Dragunov did a clothesline onto Brown, and Brown just didn't get up. Uh, the ref had to just call it off, so we just won by TKO. Yeah. Which was a bit of a dampener to the first match but um hopefully rampage is okay he walked out but he looked groggy as hell what else did we see we just we just saw like everything we saw pretty deadly were brilliant they were in a match against a great tag team um that worked brilliantly as baby faces now um saxon huxley and sam gradwell and together they were brilliant fun so you had a 45 person crowd for the nxt uk tapings yeah and then if you watch the shows live, that means there's only one person watching them on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the other like quite interesting thing that came out of it was um we saw Michael Satamura up against B Priestley, which was a really good match uh, for the title. Yeah, I can buy that. The other fairly interesting thing, like how you were saying about how you weren't sure how Osprey was going to get reacted to by the fans in a similar va- fashion. Devlin is a heel, obviously. So, like, I gave him, like, double boos. <laughs> and Mike went with the tactic <laughs> of just not giving him anything and <laughs> just sitting on his hands. 
yeah. Also, uh, Regal was there as well, which is quite cool. Uh, but yeah, it was like a really fun show, mate. Um, and the shows are free. You just have to apply for tickets. Hopefully next time, more than two of us can make it down. Yeah, definitely. The no booze is, you know, put me off a little bit. Yeah, and it was a gallus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no um, Copperberg and rum. <laughs> yeah, I've been sneaking a flask. <laughs> that's it, man. I think that's pretty much it for what the nerds are watching. If there's anything else from you, mate? No, I don't think we need to talk about that one. Sasha Banks, Shotzi Blackheart match I saw <laughs> when I was flicking through the channels. That's fair. Cool, so let's head to the round table. Have you ever... So you wanted to talk about NXT 1.0 tag teams, James. Yeah, I just want to say that this, for me, was like absolute delight. As well, probably the next one I'll do will be about, uh, which I think you all love as well, about that goal near 205. But oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Involves a few of the same people, but not that many. But um, yeah, just like for me, like from, I'd say, probably the revival winning the titles to oh, I say yeah I say I haven't watched it recently but I know like MSK whatever the, the rascals and Imperium are good probably to like when Imperium won it the first time yeah I, I've probably done and riddle with champions when I stopped maybe Imperium and that just era of like how good the tag teams were that were winning these titles and then you what? think of some who I mean I'm not gonna pretend that like, Enzo and Cass are the best tag team in the world, but they were so over and they never won it. And I was, yeah, also to like bring attention to some of these teams because a lot of them have just died uh, or they've either done solo stuff or with the likes of like American Alpha, like Jason Jordan had to retire. They were amazing. They were like really good. Um, Authors of Pain, they, I think, vanished off the face of the earth. They were awesome. Obviously, like the Revival still doing well, like Red Dragon, Mustache Mountain. War Raiders, Blake and Murphy, even like such good tag team wrestling for such a long time. Yeah, so you so you pretty much named I'm just on the NXT tag team champions history list here. You pretty much named everyone that's on the list in terms of the big few. Did you mention DIY? No, I didn't bring up DIY, not because they weren't great, I just because I started to think they, they're still sort of there. But yeah, like obviously they were they were the heart and soul of it, and well, it, it was. As I say, at that time of NXT, it was a time when things kept fresh because they just keep recycling through people, and they'd move up. And even when like the Vaud villains beat Blake and Murphy, when they came up with, like blue pants to cook to um, yes. yeah, counteract yeah, yeah. Alexa Bliss, that, that was like so over. And I say that like, the revival I thought were incredible, and that yeah, like, Gable and Jordan were. Oh, it's just. I don't know if I've got much to say about it. Like, it was just really good. Like, I haven't got like, um, any great analysis for it. It's just it was, great tag team wrestling and getting like a shine. Yeah, it was It was a place where tag team wrestling mattered again, wasn't it? Well, so this is, as I said, I did mention the group earlier about um, Dutch Mantel being a twat. Uh, <laughs> because I read this article, it was just like, why is Adam Cole not in the main event? Why is he in a tag match at the start? I was like, well, because he isn't. And whatever my feelings of Adam Cole are, they just they just so- showcase different people each time. 
And I think that means more. And that's what NXT used to do when it was an hour. So one week, the main event would be American Alpha versus Sanity or something. And then the next week, it would be Samoa Joe and some goof. What's that? Kona Reeves. Or something, I don't know. But yeah. like, you don't have to have this, the main event being the big look, the champion every time. And that's when people get bored. Whereas like NXT, sorry, AEW doesn't do that. And that's what NXT didn't used to do. And that's... I say NXT used to be my show that I really enjoyed watching. Um, I'm not saying it does now. I, I just, I haven't watched it for a while. So I'm not saying it does do that now, but it's like WWE will always, there's like a 95% chance of like Roman Reigns in the last segment or whatever, or whoever the champion was at that time. Whereas, you know, Rampage this week, it was Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia on the, and then sometimes they'll have the tag team as the main event. Even on a couple of like their bigger like pay per shows, I want to say they did that as well. Yeah, I might be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure that if they didn't have like a title match, or they might finish with a tag title match. And I feel that's what NXT was doing. Not at like Takeover was they weren't getting like the main event spot at Takeover. That was like a but like in the actual weekly TV show, and it made everyone feel that bit more important for me and made it more enjoyable to watch because it made you care about more people yeah definitely the the breadth of fantastic tag teams that they had well it wasn't just a small portion of time was it it was over like four years or something they just seemed to churn out yeah like, of the tag team as i remember watching that um so i was i went to a few takeovers like wrestlemania takeovers and the i think it was the revival diy authors of pain triple threat match elimination when like, the feud was revival and DIY, and then they were working together, and you had like, I think it was Wilder and Gargano doing like double suicide dives on Dwarves of Pain when the revival thing was like, no, it's just fierce because they had to do it to take them out. And then you had like the other two doing like a submission on the other author of Pain, that sort of thing. And they said, that, yeah, that, that's one of, I've never watched it back, and I watched it, um, but that's like one of my favorite live matches I've ever seen. And, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, you had great matches. And yeah, as you say, such a depth of talent. Even people like, um, was like TM61, who never even won the titles. Yep. They had a really good feud with Authors of Pain as well. In the Didn't Shane Thorne do that insane, like, jump off the scaffold in that match, I think? On the shark cage. <laughs> was it a shark cage then? Something What's like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go on and on in a, a talk. In circles about just how good it was, but yeah, I just wanted to bring some attention to it and yeah, just mention some of the names that I think might have forgotten. Hopefully, we'll get to see more Buddy Murphy come up. If I had to press you, James, on um, it, like if you would uh, re- recommend one match from the NXT tag team era, what would it be? Right, oh, well, that oh, one. Um, so I love the Shockingly, I'm pretty sure they did a. They brought the revival back down, and did a revival Red Dragon match. Oh, yeah, an episode yeah. of NXT. Some of the Mustache Mountain, Undisputed Era. Sorry, Red Dragon, Undisputed Era. Sorry. Some of the Undisputed Era, Mustache Mountain matches were great. Everyone loves the two out of three falls DIY revival match, but the one before that, but the DIY lost, I thought was really good. Yeah, so it pressed me for one. It's not if this could go on forever, let's stop now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like a lot of American Alpha stuff as well. But mine would be a tie, I think, between the Albert Hall Mustache Mountain match, yeah, and um, yeah. Takeover Dallas 
Alpha beating the Revival. Yeah, that's that's the one. I'm, that's the Alpha one I'm thinking of, isn't it? That was an Amsterdam belt, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I wasn't at that one. I didn't get tickets to that one. That's when Zayn fought Nakamura, wasn't it? I couldn't yeah. get into that takeover. I was there. I was watching uh, Ring of Honor. I was watching Bobby Fish. <laughs> of course you were. a pint of wine. Of course you were. <laughs> you can see me on the DVD. <laughs> can you tell me who the current champions are? Yeah, it's Imperium, isn't it? There you go. You're still in love with it. <laughs> they recently won it from uh, MSK. Yes, mate. Who yeah, got yeah. turned here by Izzy's mum. Have you... Re- <laughs> <laughs> who saw that one coming? I'll that. I could know. Um, right, so that's the NXT tag team chat over with the other one that i was going to go through with you was um favorite promos it's one that we put out to the twitter sphere wrestling should be fun on twitter wsbfun had some quite interesting uh, answers did you want me to read out some tweets to kind of refresh your memory of some promos go for it okay so when i do these i tend to just do like four photos so that it looks quite nice in that like courted fashion on a tweet with like 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 with the question and I put a picture of the pipe bomb I put a picture of the hard times dusty roads and I thought I'd be like quite like UK based and there's not many UK promos that are good right so I actually put a picture of the Osprey Havoc one that we were outside um, eating ice creams for because we didn't realize the promo was happening. Yeah I think I saw that after that. (laughs) Watching on Demand afterwards, it was amazing. And then I also, just as a bit of a laugh, I put in the um, Jericho MJF singing segment. I don't know if you've seen that because you might have been on your hiatus at that point, but a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm not sure I remember that one. (laughs) I'll send you the YouTube. (laughs) So from Twitter, we've got like hundreds of entries. So I'll just bring some on you. We've got Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express ready to take on the world. We've got the Cream Rises to the Top Savage. Uh, we've got the Steiner Math promo. These all feel like things I've definitely never seen. <laughs> Someone mentioned Drake Maverick's recent release video. I don't know if you, if you saw that. No, not the one he did, but maybe he signed it again. He's done it again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. Okay. <laughs> we've got Jeff Hardy's promo on SmackDown on um, Matt Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> recent view. 2009. <laughs> what a finish. Um, yeah, sorry. No, um, yeah, what a finish to that promo. Uh, <laughs> you got, got Kevin Keegan versus Fanny uh, Ferguson. <laughs> We've got John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I can see why Eddie Kingston would be involved. We've got Mick Foley's Kane Dewey from ECW. Again, before my time. We've, like got, dorm here. we've got Jericho and Rock on Jericho's debut. Yeah, I remember that one. It doesn't matter what your name is. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> we've got JBL, One Night Stand, followed by Paulie Dangerously's retort, where he says, um, you're only champion because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. Yeah, good one. We've got John Cena calling out The Rock for writing his promos on his wrist. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Ric Flair, 92 Rumble, with a tear in his eye. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, let's go for a few more. Let's just go with. Oh, uh, The Miz on Talking Smack against Dan O'Brien. 
Yeah, that was good. I remember that. The Talking Smack was a good show. It was a good show, wasn't it? ECW fired from WCW, Steve Austin? No. 316, Steve Austin? I know that one, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, let's good one. finish good one. with Triple H 2002 promo, The Return. Nah, still for you or not. <laughs> so after none of those rung your bell I'd only heard about it for them <laughs> well for me there's the punk I really discussed it I was, it's the one Don can off his off my heart I think when punk turned after winning the IRH title the greatest trick with Devil ever did was convinced the way it didn't exist that one is awesome agreed um, that springs to mind AEW Cody's done some good promos, even though people don't like him. I think his actual like works very good. Yeah, I think his passion that he that he puts into his mic work is always fantastic. I mean, like I had no interest in what, and this is pre-pandemic as well. Like even post-pandemic, he's done some good stuff. Pre-pandemic, I had no interest in watching like a Cody Rhodes match, but he'd always talk me into watching his matches, and like I'm buying a pay-per-view. And I'm like, I know when I buy it, I'm going to be disappointed in the match. But he'd always sell me on it, to be fair to him. And I'd want to buy the pro, the, the thing based on what he was saying. So of course, like, yeah, he's, yeah. I can't think of anything specific about that at the moment. But like that suggests to me that he's doing a damn good job at that. And <laughs> he's getting me to like, I'm not, I'm not on watch wrestling. I'm buying these shows because I want to watch his match. But I know I'm not going to think the match is that good when it happens. I think like, yeah. Cody MJF, I'm in one. So he's one. I think he's a really good promo. And I don't think he's a bad worker. I thought I don't want him to be that harsh. I just think he's fine. And I can see him in, I probably saw like eight people I think are better wrestlers than him in your call. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, but like I think, but he's so good at, I think, selling the show. I think him and the, the him and Gold Dust one as well. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Completely promo or video package. But like, I've never really wanted to watch the match. So yeah, I think he he's very good. I think specific promos always it's always hard. I think I mean, oh, this like I've watched a lot of stuff like by The Rock, like when uh the one before the six man at Armageddon, where he's just like <laughs> it just like runs all down. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I get to drink a big glass of milk and yeah, <laughs> I did it for the rock and just like rips them all. That's a good one. Oh, and also like even though I'm a big Mr. Ass fan. I'm a nice man. It's when he was feuding with, with Mr. Ass and a lot of people say the feud that killed Mr. Ass's main event career after he won King of the Ring. Yeah, I'm an ass man! Yeah. When he was like, you've got, if uh, you want to fight The Rock, you've got two options. The Rock punches you, he kills you. The Rock punches you, he misses you. The wind kills it, dark kills you. You have pneumonia, you die anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good one. Uh, that is very good. Even as a big, big fan. But yeah, no, I'm, what I've learned from this is I'm not very good at remembering promos outside of CM Punk. <laughs> so for me, um, a live one, obviously we really don't see many live promos in BritRest because promos are easily the worst thing about British wrestlers because they just don't do it really. But no, I spoke I about this at length on the uh, Apron Bump podcast where we saw... RJ Singh and Styx do a promo or chapter, I want to say 15, where basically they blurred real life and um, pro wrestling, where it led to 
both of them throwing shots at each other's like real lives where they spoke about failed marriages and not taking wrestling seriously and only having it as a weekend job all the way through to the fact that uh, about like like take my daughter's name out of your mouth all this sort of stuff and then it led to a career versus career match which was really well received as well um so in one promo about two wrestlers that I knew very little about let alone their shared history they managed just to sell a career v career match in like a 20 minute promo in the ballroom which is pretty cool and on tv the one that I always come back to is um the JR and Mick Foley sit down interview that was over like three parts on Raw in like 97 I want to say where um you first get introduced to dude love through like the home videos and things and you understand the history of Catches Jack the mankind character and it's the first time that you kind of get a sympathetic viewpoint towards the mankind character where they like humanize him a little bit and he becomes Mick okay. Foley. But yeah, like Mick Foley in, in general on promos is very, very good. And that for me is his masterpiece. And if you haven't seen it, I recommend you seek it out. Okay. So that's the round table for this week. Next week we'll have hopefully a fuller group of wrestling should be fun members. And I'm sure that we'll have new round tables from, the likes of Brum and Scharf and so forth. So without any further ado, shall we finish off with a book of bingo? Yeah, sounds good, mate. B-I-N-G-O and bingo was his name Oh, Are you ready? Book of bingo. Is that a clue? Is it? Is it DX? It's not DX. It is a member of the Bullet Club, though. Does that excite you? No, if it's Bad Luck Farley. <laughs> it's older than that. It's Haku. Okay, yeah. Versus Cameron Grimes. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, Cameron Grimes, last time I saw him, he was being like a butler. <laughs> I think. But, um... He is, isn't he some like Bitcoin tech guy or something? Uh, so that was his. Or that's his old gimmick? That was his windfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From um, the crypto boom thing that happened a year ago. Yeah, cool. Okay, so we've got Cameron Grimes versus Haku. We're going to book it in, um, what's that place? That's Silicon Valley. That seems to be where the cryptos or boom tech guys yeah, are all going. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it starts off, Haku is just wandering around, headbutting that goober from Silicon Valley, the TV show. He's taking out Zuckerberg. Uh, Elon Musk knighted him. And um, Cameron Grimes is coming up and said, Oi, mate, I've got a lot of money in this Bitcoin. And uh, Elon Musk, he just mentions it. It goes up threefold. And you've just taken him out of action for three months. I'm not happy with this. And he throws a water bottle over his head. It lands on its feet. And he says, what are you worried about? (laughs) (laughs) And and then, yeah, so that's the base of the feud that Cameron... And then, so basically, Cameron Grimes fights Haku. So if Cameron Grimes wins, it means Haku has to stop taking out people who are improving the price of Bitcoin. But if Haku wins... He gets 
uh, a Bitcoin. But Haku doesn't really know what a Bitcoin is. So he doesn't take it as serious as he should. Uh, not knowing it's worth like four billion pounds, allegedly. I'm not I'm not sure what Bitcoin is. And um Cameron Grimes wins with a roll up. Haku has to stop attacking the tech people and everyone goes home and is disappointed. <laughs> and everyone here goes home disappointed because there's no Shafi to save the segment from my <laughs> shit booking. <laughs> so I quite like the fact that you've booked in crypto, even though you don't know what crypto is, it feels a bit like WWE. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've heard that there's some kind of cultural thing going on. They're not sure what it is, but they've had a go. <laughs> yeah, put it in. So for me, I think Cameron Grimes' this character, we kind of saw the birth of what he was going to become, didn't we, at um, Progress with the Ilja Dragonov stuff. That was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah. He was very good. Have you seen? I liked him when he did a dance off Taylor Swift against Trent Seven in Ripro. Yes, yeah, I remember seeing him at an indie show when he came out <laughs> to um, take it off or, or whatever it's called. Shake it off. Yeah, he was uh, tagging with Grado. Yeah, shake it off. <laughs> Have you seen that he's got a uh, match at War Games on Sunday in a hair versus hair match? Yeah, he, um, against someone I don't know. I believe Duke Hudson. Against, his think. name is. Yeah. Never had him. I think he was. Um, <laughs> I think he was quite a famous Australian wrestler, Brendan okay. Vink. He was called. Oh, Vinky. Um, he was also known as Elliot Sexton. <laughs> Anything? No, that's not ringing any bells, mate. <laughs> Brendan Vink. I feel like I know who that is, but apparently he wrestled in Progress. Yeah, Brendan Vink. Yeah, apparently. Assuming it was one of those American ones that they did. But yeah, Puka Bingo. Hakuvi Grimes. That'll go down in the annals. <laughs> yeah, one of the best. One of the best ones. I think this one would be just get me left. <laughs> <laughs> What's There's your plan? I've never won this. <laughs> What's your plan for wrestling wise for the week, James? Are you going to plan to watch Dynamite, Rampage, War Games, maybe? Also, I work stupid at the moment because it's like Christmas and we're open to like half 11. I'm on literally 11.30, 11.30 from tomorrow onwards. Uh, so I will watch Dynamite is my number one priority that I'll watch as soon as I get the time, either Thursday morning, I'll try and get an hour in before work probably. Then I'll, yeah, I'll try and get Rampage. Uh, War Games isn't high on my list, so I'm honest, I just don't know. I had a look to see what's on it. They've got some weird like face, heel, like old school, new school. Like why bother having it? Not it ain't. I don't mean to sound negative, but like this is what I feel they do wrong with stuff like they'll just put a match on for the sake of it because they've got like oh we've got our war games when it like when it started the first one they had there was a reason for having it yeah yeah I'm not watching this show every week so maybe there is a reason to have like all the old guys being new guys but it feels like it it seems like it just seems a bit unnecessary and like you don't have to have something every year I don't know. it should be fun though I don't want to be again. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely, absolutely fair, mate. So for Wednesday's edition of Dynamite, apparently we've got Andrade v Cody in the Atlanta Street Fight. Oh, Andrade v Cody, yeah. We've and got there's um, Brian so- Dallas beating up another White Hour Dark Order. Yeah, and you got Soho Statla- Statlander, and you've got your man Billy Gunn 
with Colton against Derby and Sting. Well, they're undefeated, Billy and Colton. Yeah. Yep. The undefeated. They've got rid of the one. The one Brum hates. Austin. Austin. Yeah, he just sort of hangs around now. He's not actually in the team. He's sort of by the side of the ring. Just stick him in the crowd. He was fantastic in that crowd, wasn't he? <laughs> Isn't that when Brum side hated him with his son? <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so that's episode thirty-four in the books. What do you reckon we should call the uh, that we should call this one, James? Um, <laughs> come back, Shaffy. <laughs> <laughs> you call it come back, Shaffy. Vincent Kennedy, um, Harry. <laughs> Maybe we'll call it headbutting Elon Musk. Yeah, headbutting Elon Musk. I like it. Yeah. That is- all right, mate. Great to chat with you. I'm glad that you had a nice time yeah, at Red Pro. Hopefully next time I can make the next one. Yeah, hopefully we can get to a show soon, yeah. And uh, we'll be back next week with episode 35. Speak to you all soon. See ya. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.